Welcome to the latest episode of Too Boldly Pod, the unscripted podcast about anything and everything. And at some point, eh, maybe we might just get there. We are continuing with our little mini-series that we are affectionately calling Show Your Work with Chapter 4. And so far we have done a general introduction in Chapter 1. Chapter 2, we talked about all of the alleged UFO crashes that have happened throughout the... allegedly happened throughout the world, which actually we're going to reference one of them in this episode. Then last week we talked about aliens specifically, the different types of alleged aliens that are visiting this planet, and I shared my thoughts, and I shared my thoughts about what I thought about all of the alleged alien species that are allegedly, it's getting to be a key word in this whole little miniseries, isn't it? Allegedly, if true, if it actually happened. You see why I'm calling this show your work, folks? Anyways, this week, chapter four is going to be even further out there. And I think it's might be actually one of the the most entertaining, the most fun chapters of all eight that we're going to do in this little mini-series. But what is the topic, you may be wondering? Well, today we're going to talk about Nazis and underground bases. And you may be thinking, if you're a passive UFO fan, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, what exactly does Nazis have to do with UFOs. Well, within ufology, there is a lot of grandiose theories put forth out there about Nazis and UFOs, and we're going to get into them a little bit here at the first part of this chapter. And I included underground bases in this chapter with the Nazis because they kind of, sort of, in a loose kind of way, go hand in hand. But we'll tie them all together coming up later on in the podcast. So, like I stated, you may have heard me say Nazis, and you're like, what Nazis? What do Nazis have to do with UFOs? And like I stated, there's a lot of ufology theories out there that, insert a lot of alleged UFO slash alien involvement in Nazi Germany in and around World War II. And there's actually some that claim that it's still going on. But we're going to unfold this entire story as this podcast continues. Now, first of all, there some of the ufologists out there, some of the so-called experts out there claim, like I talked about a couple weeks ago in the UFO crashes chapter, that there's been all of these, seems like dozens, if not hundreds, of UFO crashes throughout the world, and there's really not much 
evidence that there really has been a lot of quote-unquote UFO crashes. And I shared in Chapter 2 about the three that I actually think are quite possibly happened. Let's put it that way. I don't have any personal proof that any of them actually happened. It just seems from the evidence put forth, it's very believable that those three actually happened and are somewhat plausible as UFO crashes. Now, I did state in Chapter 2 that I really, I'm not very well read slash informed about alleged UFO crashes outside of the United States, which is kind of sort of where I'm located. So that's where my kind of information, my my library infer of information is centered around, if you will. Library of information. I kind of like that. Anyways, there are all these claims by ufologists that... There were UFO crashes in Germany in the 1930s, right as World War II was starting to take off. And we know how much Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party was really into trying to come up with very destructive weapons and ways to sort of take over not only just Germany and Europe, but the world as a whole. So they were willing to do some very evil and nefarious things to achieve or create these all-powerful weapons that would give them ultimate rule over not only Europe, but the, the world in and of itself. And some of these ufologists claim that a UFO crashed and the Nazis secretly gathered up this crashed UFO and were working on reverse engineering all of the technology that they could garner from this crashed UFO to use it as an ultimate weapon, if you will, to help them during World War II. And a couple of the so-called weapons that the ufologists reference during all of this are actually factual things that have been historically proven to to be something the Nazis were actively working on and trying to perfect as weapons, one of which being something they called the repulsing motor or the repulsing generator which would have been sort of this anti-thrust sort of vortex machine that they could put on some kind of flying object that would give it all of this vortex power at the the, the tips of their fingers if you will enabling these aircraft to travel at speeds of well over 17,000 kilometers an hour and whatnot. And the ufologists claim that they got this technology, or they were trying to perfect this technology from this cr crashed UFO that they allegedly 
recovered in Germany in the 1930s. Now, it was proven by records that were that were found after the Allied forces took over Germany at the end of World War II that that they were actually true that they there were German scientists that were working on something called the repulsing but there's actually no proof that it ever got off the drawing board so yes they were trying to come up with some sort of flying vortex machine that they could use as a weapon or a a an airplane or, or or some kind of flying machine but there's no proof that it ever actually got off the drawing board during World War II but if you listen to a lot of the ufologists the so-called experts out there they'll say that the the Nazis were were putting these repulsing objects into use during World War II by something that we all have heard about. Even if you're not a UFO buff, you've heard about the sightings that not only Allied pilots, but Axis pilots, German and Japanese and Italian pilots, reported these as well. And this all happened during World War II, and they were called Foo Fighters. And it's kind of a general name that people used for flying saucers or UFOs during World War II. And they're basically just little... The best definition that was given was they were kind of like these dancing balls of light that a lot of pilots claimed to experience while they were flying during World War II that would flace, follow them around and circle their airplanes and kind of get in little dogfights with them. And there's really never been any... There's There are a couple pictures out there, kind of vague pictures that you really can't see much of anyways, of an actual Foo Fighter, but it is something that's legitimately kind of taken as fact because there were so many reports of them during World War II. And like I said, it was not just Allied pilots, but it was also Axis pilots from Germany, Japan, and Italy as well. So you would think if this repulsing object was something the Germans perfected, that A, it would have been more useful to them if it was, in fact, something, was a Foo Fighter, was what people called the Foo Fighters. And B, why would the Axis fighters, specifically the German combat pilots, be referring to these quote-unquote Foo Fighters as something mysterious that they didn't know about, too? So there's really no proof that the Foo Fighters were, in fact this repulsing and like i said before all the evidence that was gathered at the end of world war ii shows that yes the repulsing was something that was on the drawing board but that's as far as it ever actually got so there was no you know vortex flying machine that the nazis 
created in World War II. The other one that I actually think is a little bit plausible and I think got a little bit further than the drawing board was something that the Nazis were working on during World War II called the Glocke or the Nazi Bell as it's translated to in English. And essentially it was like this six meter tall bell looking object that really didn't have a defined definition as to what it was at the time and even now to this day but there have been a lot of theories put out there about what the nazi bell was actually being produced for whether it in and of itself was some kind of flying machine some people have stated it was that was an attempt to create some kind of time capsule, time ship, time transport, if you will, kind of like a Philadelphia experiment, which is something we can get into. Actually, I think we talked about it a little bit a few months ago on a previous podcast, but an effort to, to create some kind of time travel object or whether it was just an object that would kind of propel some of these repulsing objects that were on the drawing board to help them lift off and get airborne, if you will. There really hasn't been any proven facts that have come out other than there is some evidence that these Nazi bells were created and we know the technology it's been proven that the Nazi scientists that were working on the Glocke or the Nazi bell were taken to the United States after World War II and as I talked about a couple weeks ago in chapter 2 the UFO crashes there's a lot of theories out there that are stating the UFO crash that occurred in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania in the 1960s was actually an attempt at a finished product of the Nazi bill by the German scientists now working for the U.S. government or the U.S. military after World War II because the object that was allegedly crashed and recovered in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, looked suspiciously like the Nazi bell that people reported in World War II for the Nazis. So, is that one that's possibly maybe a little bit true? Yeah, I guess since I do believe that Kecksburg is actually one of the potential believable ufo crashes that happened then yeah i suppose it could have not been an alien spacecraft but if these german scientists did come to america and continued to work on this nazi bell and it was some sort of attempt at a flying craft then maybe it was a a failed attempt at making it fly if you will so is that possible I suppose it is, but there's no 
actual evidence or proof that they were using some kind of reverse engineered alien technology that they garnered from a crashed UFO that they retrieved in the 1930s. It's just one of those that I think is plausible because Kecksburg has all of the the earmarks of being something that probably was true and was quickly covered up. You had news and media coverage. You had eyewitness testimony. You had eyewitness sightings of the crash both in the air and on the ground. You had testimony about the military quickly showing up to quarantine the area and pick this object up. So is that one plausible? Yeah, I suppose it is. But again, it's not really anything that it could just be something that was a a top secret government or military object that they were trying to keep hidden to that point. So is it plausible? Yes, I suppose it's plausible, but there's no proof that it was reversed engineered alien technology. Now, a few months ago, I did a podcast called Aliens in Antarctica, and during that podcast, I posed this theory that's out there that there is an alien base in the Earth, underground, in Antarctica, and it's shared, kind of co-inhabited, if you will, by alleged Nazi survivors that left Nazi Germany during World War II and escaped to Antarctica and are coexisting with these aliens in this base in Antarctica. Is there any proof of any of that actually happening? No, there's not. There's the only proof are some of the the Nazi bigwigs did run away and were captured later on in South America, but there's actually no proof that any any Nazis whatsoever made it to Antarctica and are continuing to work on world domination with the help of aliens in Antarctica to this day. You would think if they had the help of all these aliens and had access to all this alien technology that a they probably wouldn't have lost world war ii and we would all be living under the thumb of the nazi empire to this day so there's really no proof that any of that that i talked about for the past 19 minutes is true there's no proof that aliens and the Nazis are coexisting underground in Antarctica to this day. But one thing that is proven to be true, and something the Nazi party was proficient at, and something the Americans, and I assume the Russians, and probably other governments kind of cherry-picked as usable knowledge usable technology that the nazis were good at and that was building underground or below ground 
bases. And I know it's proven that there are certain underground establishments here in the United States. Now, we, we know there's one in, I believe it's in Virginia. I'm pretty sure there's one out west, proven to be true out west, in Nellis or somewhere on the west side of the United States. There's talk of the newish airbase or airport in Colorado and Denver has quite a expansive underground tunnel system, which is tr- tr- true that, that it's so big that they do have underground transport from one terminal to the other. But there's all these rumors that, that the underground base continues on and on. And there's all this talk about all of these other underground bases throughout the country. And that's something that has been proven to be true after World War II, was the Nazis were very proficient at building these underground kind of bases. And like I said, I think a lot of countries like the U.S. and Russia and others kind of cherry-pick that idea and have utilized it to a little bit, to a small extent. And like I said, I will admit there are a lot of underground bases throughout the world, but I don't think they're quite as prevalent as a lot of these ufologists and whistleblowers like to claim that they really are. And some of these stories are really, really out there without any shred of evidence. And I think the the most prevalent one is the one in Dulce, New Mexico, that Phil Schneider claimed that there's this underground base in the Archuleta Mason that is seven stories deep and the military is using the upper levels for that and then the the lower levels like you know five six and seven are all inhabited or co-inhabited by reptoid aliens that are doing all of these nefarious things with alien abductions and stuff like that and it's a very interesting story that he he told before he passed away in 1996. It's entertaining enough to 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 read and watch the documentaries that have been been done, and there's plenty of them out there about Dulce and Phil Schneider that you can easily find and watch about. It's a very interesting tale that he spins. But much like last week when I was talking about the the tall whites with Charles Hall, I, there's really not any provable evidence other than the story that Charles Hall was talking about with the tall whites that prove that they were actually real and his story that he was telling was actually real. It's much the same with Phil, with Phil Schneider. In nineteen, the early 1990s, he was doing all these speaking tours talking about all of this underground bases and all these aliens underground, specifically in Dulce. And 
they're working with the the black government, if you will, and have this working relationship that started in the 1950s with President Eisenhower that they would trade alien technology for the rights to abduct an X amount of humans for experiments and whatnot. And there's really no actual proof about that. And we're going to get more into the abduction thing next week in Chapter 5 when we actually talk about abductions. But the whole Phil Schneider story, like I said, I'm not going to get into it too much here because I'll end up talking for another 20 minutes. But it is a very fascinating tale, and there's lots to read about online. You can easily find all sorts of documentaries that feature his speaking engagements in the 90s, his story, his kind of strange, kind of head-scratching suicide, because it was kind of weird how he... I, we really don't know. The The claim was that that he died by suicide, but it did look kind of like he was killed, but I digress. And there's a lots to get into with, with that, and we talked a little bit about it a few months ago with the Men in Black episode, but I'm not going to get deep into it. But it is true that there are underground military bases and uh, underground facilities throughout not only the United States, but the world. But some of the ufologists and people out there are claiming there's all of these underground tunnels and bases that, that go basically from ocean to ocean here in the United States where you can get on these super fast trains and go from, say, New York to Los Angeles in a matter of, like, an hour or something like that. And... I just don't believe all of that is true. I do think that there are, shouldn't say I think, I do believe there are a handful of underground bases or bunkers or what have you throughout the country. I just don't think, and there's not a shred of evidence that there are bases that are co-inhabited by United States or other countries' military and aliens, and are they're using them? They're co-inhabiting them to to trade technology for the rights to abduct alien or abduct humans for experiments. And some of the stories that are are put forth out there again without any actual proof whatsoever. They're just basically stories that were created out of thin air was some of these aliens they have like tanks of, of body parts of humans and whatnot and in all of this and there, there, there's some people out there that claim they have pictures but then they they show you these pictures and there's really nothing to see and then Phil Schneider's story about how they broke through the one area when they were digging tunnels and they got into this firefight with all these aliens. And how the Green Beret that was with him at the time ended up saving Phil Schneider's life by giving himself up 
during this firefight, and I just, I find a lot of that to be very science fiction-y and very hard to believe, and that's something, that's one of the stories throughout ufology that, that really gives it a bad name and really makes it hard for people that that aren't necessarily believers the opportunity to look at and believe because they hear these stories and there's no actual evidence or proof behind that they're actually true to, to maybe allow them to say, you know what, maybe UFOs and aliens are coming to this planet and whatnot. And another thing that I'm going to podcast about probably within the next couple of months or so is this growing fascination with the whole flat earth thing. And I actually watched a documentary the other day about flat earth. Well, I should say I watched part of it because I had to shut it off at one point. And I'll get into that when I do the podcast about it. But these are a lot of the same people that are making these claims about flat earth. But then they'll say there's aliens on the moon with moon bases and whatnot, which is something else we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks. But then they're saying the Earth is flat and we've never been outside of our own atmosphere, so how would we know there's aliens on the moon? So pick a side. Pick pick one theory that you're going to go with and show us some evidence to it. Show us your proof. Show us how you came up with this conclusion and then maybe we might be able to take your claims a little bit seriously. Like the point of this whole little miniseries is, show your work. Like you had to do in math class back in school. Show us how you got to your conclusion. Show your work. Next week, like I just stated, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about alien abductions. Probably the most controversial of everything within the ufology field because it's really one of those things that most people in polls or surveys that are taken believe in the possibility of UFOs being sighted here. The last time I checked, it was like the survey was like 70% of Americans believed in the possibility of UFOs and life on other planets. But when you ask them about whether they believe in aliens abducting humans, that goes down to about 20%. So it's going to be a fun conversation for Chapter 5. So if you have any thoughts about the Nazis and the repulsing and their use of alien technology or about the underground bases that the military is co-inhabiting with aliens, let me know on Facebook or Twitter at Too Boldly Pod. I'd really love to hear your thoughts on it. Maybe you have some proof that I have never seen or never read or never watched. And maybe I'll take your ideas and your thoughts and I'll think, huh, maybe that is plausible. As usual, I don't have a closer to this, so I will simply close 
with a line from the X-Files. Trust no one, Mr. Mulder. <laughs>